We're back. A dinosaur story. <laughs> Did you ever see that? I think we've had this exact same interaction before. Maybe there's just a black kitty walking through your house named Deja Vu. And then I say something about Whoopi Goldberg, and then we're like, no, that's actually, that's the dino cop. That's, that's a T-Rex Tammy and the T-Rex, movie. or whatever it's called. <laughs> There was a lot of very weird dinosaur-related things being made in the 90s after the success of Jurassic Sitcom. Park. Land of the Lost. Yeah. Okay. Ready to do this? Yeah. Press your face against that warm leatherette. Oh, hi. I didn't see you come in. This is Think Outside the Box Set, the internet's only outrage machine. And I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And oh, don't mind me. I'm just going to slip into something a little more comfortable. I like this energy that we're both bringing. Warm leatherette. Ah, Maybe we can roll a stone or have a private life or say some bullshit. (laughs) We're definitely going to say or some bullshit. Have a breakdown. <laughs> the night is young. The night. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, this, this is episode four, season twenty-two. We're talking about Grace Jones's first non-disco album, "Warm Leatherette." Yeah, I like this better. It's better. Yep. It's way better. And uh, Grace Jones' voice just slots into this genre perfectly in a way that I think it never quite excelled in disco. Mm-hmm. I agree. Which, did you say this was new wave? It, it is, according to Wikipedia, I think it is new wave and reggae sort of mixed okay. together. I don't know if I hear the reggae in it. I hear some, and... It's. I think it's mostly reggae musicians playing with her. Interesting. Okay. And maybe we'll hear more reggae because spoiler alert, this episode or this uh, album has a lot of covers on it, and so I got sound samples for the original versions of the songs as well. So maybe in the comparison we can. Oh try wow! To pick up on some of that. A little bit of extra work. Yeah. Thank it was you. Four extra sound samples. Yeah. Okay. It helps that Grace Jones only had what eight songs on this album seven they're right they're they're just lovely like mercifully short short of an album yes i love that just get it done get out of the way um yeah so warm leatherette 1980 um this is the first one that she makes after getting together with her boyfriend uh that what's that, that french guy what's his name uh, Jean Paul Pepe is his name. That's it. Jean Paul Le Pew. Um, Wikipedia puts it as well. The artwork, I think, is is the thing that like is most striking uh, about um, the image that she's projecting at this it's point. It's so cool. Yeah, Warm Leatherette was the first Jones album with cover art designed by her then boyfriend Jean Paul Good which presented the singer's androgynous look for the first time. It featured a black and white photograph of Jones pregnant, which I didn't know, 
with her oh. signature flat top haircut sitting with her arms crossed. Chris Blackwell, got- whoever the fuck that is, praise it as a very powerful image. Great. She's- Whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> you can sit down now. Uh, she's got like almost like like renaissance arm poofs, shoulder mm-hmm. poofs. Mm-hmm. What kind of dress is this? Yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Chris Blackwell's a producer. Oh, okay. I'm seeing that now. <laughs> mm, oh, I see. Um, and there's some like pretty abstracted letter forms that say Grace Jones, uh, Grace on her, on her right side and Jones on her left side. And they're, they're very, they're in, brush strokes and they're like doubled up so they are very abstracted um it brings to mind um like traditional japanese calligraphy because it's Mm. black brush strokes but there's like dots of red and from what little i know of like traditional japanese calligraphy there those are the only two colors that they worked with um Mm. that i know of i don't know um yeah so it's a very it's it's lit in such a powerful way too very bright front lighting on her. She's casting like a shadow right behind her and there's like highlights on her face. It's it's very cool. It's it's a very striking image. Uh I guess I can find a way to uh to link that. Aha. Uh-huh, yes. I think Something I have a link to it a high res version. There we go. I'll pop it over. You do? Ooh, yeah, I do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, we're going to do this <laughs> copy message link. Hopefully this works this time. <laughs> we had a whole oh, oh, yeah. Discord a whole app. Thing. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Did it do bad? Now this, is, now, this is podcasting. Yeah. Let's work through our technical challenges. Yeah, it'll, yeah that's not going to work. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll figure something out. Um, okay. Let's see. Closing all my other tabs. Will you explain to me what New Wave is? Oh, shit. Well... I'm so qualified, and I definitely know what it is, and I lived through it. Uh, so I'm definitely not just pulling up the Wikipedia article. Uh, and just like off the top of my dome here, just out of my head, I think it's sort of a broad music genre that encompasses numerous pop-oriented styles from the late 1970s and the <laughs> 1980s. And it was originally used you as a catch-all bastard. term for the music that emerged after punk rock, including punk itself, but maybe viewed retrospectively as a more accessible counterpart of pop, of post-punk, rather. And uh, just another thing I'd like to say about it is, although New Wave shares punk's do-it-yourself <laughs> philosophy, the artists were more influenced by the lighter strains of 1960s pop while being opposed to the generally oh, abrasive right. political bents of punk rock and what was considered to be creatively stagnant corporate rock. Um, and then some of the common characteristics uh, is, is that New Wave music often has a, a humorous or quirky pop approach, the use of electronic sounds, and a distinctive visual style in music videos and fashion. So that's that's sort of what... You know, just putting me on the spot and uh, just what I'd say off the top of my head. Uh, This is interesting. The majority of American male new wave acts of the late 1970s were from Caucasian, middle class backgrounds. Scholar Theo Cataforis said these acts intentionally presented these exaggerated nerdy tendencies associated with their whiteness to criticize it and to reflect their identity. Yeah, from what uh, I a nervous, nerdy persona was a common characteristic of new wave fans and uh-huh. acts such as Talking Heads, Devo, and yeah. Elvis Costello. Yeah, dancing, the um, jittery, high pitched vocals, etc. The a lot of the bands were um, like kind of high concept, 
like Devo is very high concept and talking heads is a bunch of like freaking art students. Um, so they're, they're very intentionally right. like trying to make statements, uh, sort of like merging music with like, I guess, performance art for lack of a better term. Right. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, it's one of those things that like, I, I feel like we're going to look back on it uh, rather. I feel like we're going to look back on the word indie sort of similarly in a couple of years where it's like, it never really was a genre. There was like never any musical like characteristics that defined indie very well. Um, because you got to always find counterexamples, but it was more of like an approach or a movement, uh, or like, you know, almost like a community. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, I think that's an interesting comparison. Um, I, it's funny i feel like there's there's bands that are making that well i don't know like i don't know if any bands are still making stuff that sounds like grizzly bear mm-hmm. well i think grizzly bear or is still making dirty stuff projectors like grizzly bear <laughs> um are they still around but i i remember there was a time that everything sounded like that one grizzly bear song. Yes, that's true. And I didn't like it very much then. And I, and I super don't like it now. (laughs) I I have like a very strong subjective association with, um, straight maleness, (laughs) like with that music. Mm -hmm. It just feels so, um, yeah, I, it's, it feels like a Sigma male. To me, kind of. <laughs> I love getting I into the very back catalog of Greek letters: Omicron, yeah. Sigma, <laughs> Omicron male. I'm an Omicron male. <laughs> Is that taken yet? Mm. Oh, uh, I was listening to um, Lost Culturesis today, and uh, uh, Matt Rogers, one of the hosts, talks about getting. He says, I did get COVID-19 Omicron's version. And he was very <laughs> specifically like referencing like Taylor's version. Oh. Big, like, Taylor Swift fans. Like, uh-huh. I think he said parent that, you know, in parentheses, Omicron's version. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that so much. That's such a ballsy thing to do. Taylor's <laughs> version. Oof. It's the best. Okay. Should we, uh, should we talk about... Talk about this album, the yeah. actual songs in it. Yeah, I was I was looking through um, the Wikipedia article about Grace Jones herself. Um, there's not a lot here. Uh, just says with anti-disco sentiment spreading and with the aid of Compass Point All Stars, Jones transitioned into new wave music with the 1980 release of Warm Leatherette. Um, and the Compass yeah, Point All. Hmm? I don't appreciate the you know, the reason for moving on, but I think it's better for her. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, and I, uh, need to fact check myself because compass point all stars were, it was a music recording studio in the Bahamas called compass point studios. And the house band was called the compass point all stars. So I think, uh, Oh, but I, it looks like the house band, Wikipedia says with with Jamaican reggae foundations based around Sly and Robbie. Mm. Um, yeah, so Grace Jones herself being Jamaican, I don't know. Maybe they 
reminisced about Jamaica in the recording studio. Hmm. I remember back in Kings Tatten. Uh, oh, I can't remember the lyrics anymore. I don't know what you're referencing. Isn't it a Bob Marley song? I remember back in Kingston. I've listened to all Bob Marley songs once. Because <laughs> of this podcast. Everyone gets one. Uh, hmm, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of warm something, leatherette. I think. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Warm Leatherette. Yes, 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 yes. A uh, lot of covers on this album, including the title track. Uh, comes from a, a very wacky uh, musical project called The Normal, I think. Um, that I have a sound sample of. Um, oh, I remember when we used to rock. That's what I'm thinking. What's, what's that song? No, not Crocodile Rock. Damn it. Isn't it Crocodile Rock? Oh, I'm thinking of No Woman, No Cry. Oh, yeah. Great. But I'm, but I'm mixing up all the words. <laughs> no Crocodile, No Rock. <laughs> see, a lot, see, a lot of people think... Uh, think that they're saying you can't have a rock unless you have a crocodile, but it's actually saying to the crocodile, uh-huh. don't. Don't rock. But it's don't in rock. the patois. Yeah. <laughs> don't rock, crocodile. So. Don't rock, croc. <laughs> don't rock. The line I'm thinking of, I remember when we used to sit in the government yard in Trenchtown. Oh, so yeah. That's all I was... That's just, that's just my brain, baby. <laughs> that's just... Those neurons are just <laughs> like... just me. Friggin' just... <laughs> My neurons take the uh, uh, spray and pray approach to uh, connecting to each other. <laughs> let God sort them out. Yeah, let God sort the dead. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, uh, let's listen to Grace Jones's version of Warm Leatherette. See the breaking glass in the underpass. See the breaking glass. It's a pretty ballsy uh, song to start the album with. It's really different. Yeah. It's, it's, I wonder if people are pissed. That's a great question. I don't know. Because it's, it's not... It's a kind of challenging song. It's a bit like uh, abrasive and not poppy at all. And the yeah, it's like it's not something you play at a club, and it's not something you'd hear on a radio. It it seems to be about like having sex in a car during or before or after a car crash. Some uh, David Cronenberg shit up in here. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of. I mean, it's just the hand the handbrake penetrates your thigh. Okay, that's some Charles Baudelaire so, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, quick, let's make love before we die. On see, warm leatherette, join the car crash set. Yeah, I mean the first verse is warm leatherette. See the breaking glass beneath the underpass. Very red hot chili peppers. <clears throat> okay, I'm looking at the uh, original page <laughs> uh, by The Normal, and it says, This song is inspired by the J.G. Ballard novel, Crash, 
which oh. deals with people who are sexually aroused by car crashes. Oh, 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 oh. I called it. Who fucking called it? Because you did. Yeah, that Cronenberg movie crash uh, is about oh, the, is it the novel. Gotcha. And it is also about how racism is uh, fine or something. Or no, wait, that's the other crash. Racism be crazy. <laughs> good thing everyone's ma- doing it. <laughs> good thing. Good. Good thing mainstream America doesn't engage in racism. Uh, <laughs> feel a crushing steel. Feel you got steel. your ball. You got your chain. <laughs> I sang that uh, at a karaoke party uh, with you and our friends uh, mm-hmm. a number of months ago, and uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I interspersed it with talking about how uh, I believe I've told the story on the show before, but uh, my first time listening to that song was in the car with my mom on the way home from buy going <laughs> to the <laughs> store to buy that CD, and my mom saying, "Oh, this is a very adult song." I mean, being like, no, mom. But also, you didn't really understand why she said that, right? No, I didn't know what coming was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't know it was called that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I um, I didn't know what a boner was until I, I had I had a, a a pen made out. It was like made of it was it was made of like plastic bones. So it was like I had like a a, a bone pen. Such as you might find. What the fuck are you talking house. about? You had a bone pen. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a, a pen in the shape of a bone, or like two bones oh, joined okay. together. I um, see. But it was like a pen. It was like pen sized and everything. Um, and so I had it at Cub Scouts for whatever reason because I was a friggin' weirdo. And one of the kids was like, uh, "Is that your boner?" And I was like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean?" What'd you say to me? <laughs> what did you call me? No, I mean explain it. I want to understand. <laughs> Then I then he had to like explain what he meant. <laughs> he was like, you know, sometimes your weenie gets hard or something like. He said something like that, <laughs> and I was like, no. What have you heard? <laughs> Who told you? How Who did told you, you that? this information? It's a medical condition. <clears throat> anyway, uh, warm leatherette. A tear of petrol is in your eye. That's how you know it was written by. A Britisher. Petrol. Pip pip. Pip pip, governor. Cheerio. Cold Petrol. Petrol's the boot on the lorry. <laughs> Do you have the original song? Can we hear that? Mm-hmm. Leatherette. See the breaking glass in the underpass. <laughs> See the breaking glass in the underpass. This rules. Warm. Right. Leatherette Warm <laughs> Leatherette Warm So it's interesting that they I think it's flipped the rhythm there. What do you mean? Well, I could, maybe it's just when the sound sample started, but it sounds like he was going It depends on where the if that's happening on one or on the and. Oh. I don't do, know, do mean- but it sounded like it was like one, two, warm leatherette like that it sounded like it's happening on the on the offbeat wait is this an implicit comparison are you saying that's like that's flipped from how grace jones was doing it it feels it feels different at least in that isolated the way my brain was interpreting where one was but i might be wrong Mm -hmm. if it's really different than her Mm. cover 
What are you, Brian McKnight over here? Starting back at one? <laughs> I love that that was one of the most successful songs ever. But Brian McKnight, everyone's like, who? And then they don't even remember that song anymore, I don't think. But it's it was so pop. It was so big. Anyway. Um, I think that was one of the first CDs our friend Dustin ever bought. <laughs> Brian McKnight, back at one? Yeah. I think he said that. Um, yeah, so that's it's pretty bonkers to listen to this uh, like weird British guy like banging on a Casio keyboard and going warm leatherette, warm leatherette, see the breaking glass, uh, and and hear that and think, hmm, this is something that will help me in my career. And uh, as in my transitioning away from disco into new wave, I'm going to name my next album after this as well. Interesting. It yeah. kind of reminds me of that uh, Flight of the Concord song uh, where they're talking about in a in a city <laughs> in a city pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no Just one cares. No one play synthesizers. <laughs> I was doing the the right. No one cares. No one sympathizes. You just stay home and play synthesizers. <laughs> Such a good line. Um. Oh, I um. I re- I saw the first uh, West Side Story, and I finally understood where the Brett Stay Cool song came from. It's a direct, direct parody of a song from West Side Story. Oh, very good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Maybe we'll talk about that in What's in the Box Weekly someday. There's also, what uh, is that? What's, what's, what is this What's in the Box Weekly I keep hearing so much about? Okay, I forgot we have to, when we bring that up, <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to do, what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess you flipped it on me. Now, see, what? Nathan, What's in the Box Weekly is a show that you and I do. We just did one. What? Oh, uh, it's a, that what that was? It's a bonus show every week for supporters of... Oh this podcast think outside the box set you get another podcast every time and we instead of talking about artists discographies we talk about whatever the hell we want usually it's a movie that we watched or some tv or maybe a recipe that we tried we just like talk about what we're what we're thinking about Mm -hmm. what we're consuming and now, and we're processing and digesting it, sometimes literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and this week, we spent a v- pretty long time talking about The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, I think we had some, well, I think Cameron had some fascinating things to say about it. My stuff was less interesting to me because I had already thought of it. Um, <laughs> but anyone on Earth, anyone can get access to it. If all they do is go to support.boxset.website and just kick us a few bucks. Yeah. You know? Even less than a few, just a couple bucks. Just a couple, I believe, bucks. is the lowest amount. Yeah, in order to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everyone go check that out. All right, now what was I derailing? Well, oh yeah, yeah, uh, some atonal polyphony. Uh, so she's singing two tracks. She's singing vocals, and one of them is kind of like going down in pitch, but to- mm-hmm. but they're both talk singing. It's a really cool effect. Do you want to play that? Sure, I will play that. Here the question seal. Feel the steering wheel. Here the question seal. Feel the steering wheel. Here the question seal. Feel the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Do you hear how the second voice is sort of dropping in pitch 
sooner. Mm-hmm. It feels like counterpoint, but it's like atonal. Mm-hmm. I think that effect's really cool. That is cool. I like that. And they're and they're perfectly in time with each other too. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like one voice that has that's speaking polyphonically. It's kind of like Galadriel from uh, the Lord of the Rings movie. It's a lot like Galadriel. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like in place of a dark lord, you would have a warm leatherette, (laughs) fearsome and dark as the sea, or whatever the fuck she says. (laughs) Um, I passed the test. (laughs) I will Uh, remain private life. Galadriel. Yes, it is a private life. Thank you for asking. Marriage is a tragedy, but it's not my concern. I'm very superficial. I hate everything official. Your private life, oh baby, give me out. Your private life, oh baby, Maybe one way of thinking of New Wave is that it was the first time that art rock went semi-mainstream. Because you had like the Velvet Underground which is a very artsy band. It was associated with Andy Warhol and everything. But they never made it big. But some of the new wave bands are also like very art-oriented. Um, and that's what I was thinking of when hearing the song. Is like, this is... Grace Jones took a song by The Pretenders, uh, who were around this same, the same time as new wave, but I don't think... I, I guess Wikipedia has on their list of genres does have new wave. But what, what, what I'm getting at is that uh, Grace Jones took this song by The Pretenders and made it less poppy and like more uh, experimental and artsy, for lack of yeah, a better Yeah, because I, I haven't heard the original. Can you yeah. play that? Let's listen to it. my concern. I'm very superficial. I hate anything official. Yeah, maybe it's not huh. more more artsy, and that's. I got to think of a better word. Than well, that. Grace Jones is talk singing all of the verses. Yeah, so it feels more experimental because she's not singing. Right. Uh, maybe that's what I'm getting at. And I kind of like it. I I like that there's these weird anti couplets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this weird rhyme scheme, talk singing, uh, and then. There's this really cool melody that is different than the original, but similar. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, Grace Jones is singing, Your private life, private life, drama, baby, leave me out. It's a really weird melody. Uh, I think she drops down a minor seventh, mm-hmm. private life, drama. Mm-hmm. That's what the original does. And then it goes, leave me out. It just does a little arpeggio mm-hmm. up. Um, I've never heard a melody like that before. It's really cool. Mm. It's got a big, weird jump followed by a little arpeggio. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds awesome. And it, are, you, are you talking about more, specifically the Grace Jones version? Yes. Uh, okay. The original one goes, Private life drama, baby. It, it, it switches notes at a different time. And then, and then it does something like, Leave me out. 
Mm, I think you're right. Yeah. It's a little less interesting. And then it goes, leave me out. Mm -hmm. And it kind of resolves. I want to listen to uh, Grace Jones' version again. Your marriage is a tragedy, but it's not my concern. She also has like a vocal effect on her voice. I'm very superficial. I hate everything yeah. official. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she does resolve there. My bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think that at least the first half is a little more interesting. Um, yeah, I like this rhyme scheme. It's uh, the last line is always blank with the lines before it, but is a, it rhymes with itself. I'm very superficial. I hate everything official Mm -hmm. or, and your sex life complications are not my fascinations. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just feel pity when you lie contempt when you cry, but um, yeah, it's setting up maybe another rhyme. Mm -hmm. Let me read the second verse. Sentimental gestures only bore me to death. You've made a desperate appeal. Now save your breath. That isn't that rhyme scheme isn't present in every verse, but right. it's here. Att- attachment to obligation, regret, regret, shit that's so wet. Hmm. And I don't know. If I regret that's that. Really, is that if I if I have like a if I like a bad breed or something? I also regret that. <laughs> Gotta eat kale every day. <laughs> uh, and your sex life complications are not my fascinations. Very. There's a rhyme there, but yeah. it is not the rhyme that is set up. Mm-hmm. There's no no couplet there. Um, it also begins with a French phrase. And I, I wonder if this is in the original version by the Pretenders. Which, that's an interesting band that I wonder if we could talk about at some point. Um, she says, uh, it's a bit difficult to figure out because um, I forgot. I didn't you know, take notes on what she actually says, and they might just be missing like accent marks. Uh, but she seems to say, j'en ai mère with your theatrics or j'en ai marre, I guess would be it. Huh. I don't know what that means. It's uh, different in the I original. Think it means like, is it? Oh, at least on the genius. What does it say? I don't know how to read French. Oh, but it is French still. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will look for, Private Life by The Pretenders. Oh, there's an Oingo Boingo song also called uh, <laughs> J'ai les glandes. That sounds like an idiom because it that just means I have the glands. <laughs> it's oh, a weird flex, but all right. There's a genius annotation. And for once, it's actually kind of smart. Heinz' original lyric, uh, Chris, Chrissy Heinz from The Pretenders, Original lyric is J'ai les glandes, an idiom meaning I'm upset or angry. When Grace Jones covered the song, she sang J'en ai marre, which means I'm fed up. Huh. All right. Or I put it in Google Translate and it said, I've had it up to here. I've had it up to here. (laughs) With your drama, with your theatrics. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. um, Yeah. So what is this this song about? This is a... About someone being dismissive of uh, someone else's drama. Someone's, like, trying to, like, unload on you, and you're like, no thanks. I kind of read it as um, 
pushing back against like the parasocial relationships around celebrities because this huh. seems to be a, a famous person uh your acting's a drag it's okay it's okay on tv but you can turn it off uh right. your marriage is a tragedy but it's not my concern i'm very superficial i hate everything official i'm not quite sure how that last line fits into it but the bit right. about like being on the tv and how like you can turn off your acting and your drama when you're not on tv i'm not interested in your tragedy of a marriage um, yeah she does phrase everything in a very like cynical i guess like art student <laughs> ways just imagine like uh, a skinny person wearing all black eating a cigarette and saying sentimental gestures only bore me to death like can't you just picture it <laughs> it's a powerful image <laughs> Uh, I have a sound sample of the drum part uh, in uh, one of the breakdowns, I think. And I thought it was pretty cool. Break it down. Here we go. Worth listening to. Ooh, that's fun. That's, that's got to be that Robbie Shakespeare, right? <laughs> yeah. Robbie. Sh- oh, no. He's on bass. Fuck. I'm a dummy. That's Sly Dunbar. He's the other one from Sly and Robbie. <laughs> what are these names? This is Sly and Robbie. They're excellent. Mm-hmm. Sly I don't know Dunbar if they're, they're Robbie names, Shakespeare. But uh wow. I mean, yeah. His birth name is Robert Warren Dale Shakespeare. Damn. That is a flex. I like that. Um Do you want to move on to a Rolling Stone? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Stone. Not like More the Bob Dylan wow. song or anything. This is a different one. This is this Rolling Stone. When I needed your love, baby, you're always gone. In my life, I know that something is missing. There's some like wobbly percussion going on. It sounds like when you like wave a saw around, it like goes. <laughs> it's kind of it's like kind of faint in the mix. I don't know if it'll make it through into the the final podcast episode, but it's kind of fun and interesting. This this is uh, definitely it feels like a different genre than the first two songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also not a cover. Um, oh yeah, this is the one song I believe with. A writing credit from Grace Jones on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, along with uh, Fritz Basket and Denise Williams. Speaking of great names. <laughs> yeah, Denise. Love Basket. that. Um, so what's this song about then? Well, uh, what is <laughs> what is this? Uh, I... I like how upfront she is about some stuff. This is about an emotionally detached lover. Mm -hmm. Someone who won't settle down. Mm -hmm. Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Um, One day you will slow down and find the love is moss. Yo quiero moss. You want moss. (laughs) Si. Live moss. Live moss. Hashtag live moss. As Taco Taco Bell would say. (laughs) fourth meal um i love <laughs> that she just outright says i need more loving baby i need more kissing it's so great <laughs> or I, I think she says kissing yeah. to rhyme with given uh <laughs> just, 
That's I think that's a great lyric. It's so on the nose or on the lips, I should say. Um, but it, it's just so upfront. I love it. It's on the nose is good. You know what? I'm not here to judge or be normative. I apologize. What people do with their noses, not my business. <laughs> and the privacy of their own homes. <laughs> as long as I don't have to see it in public or have it be challenging to me in any way. <laughs> uh, yeah. In my life, I know that something is missing. Grains of sand is really all you've been given. That's an interesting image to put in the context of the rolling stone it's like you're a rolling stone you're rolling along and all you're leaving behind is like the sand bits of the like, sediment the sediment the uh the stuff that like scrapes off of you as you roll by because you're a stone i can't uh, kiss that i can't kiss you no me sand. To kiss that? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um yeah it's it's uh then in the, in the bridge in a field watch a flower grow love is just the same all it needs is tender love and care behind the blank that's a genius thing uh it's cold and bare now i want more of what you got now i want more of what you got um yeah there's still some misheard or not heard lyrics on the genius for this one yeah i think it's i always feel like unrequited love songs are kind of kind of strange yeah. Um, to me and my sensibilities. Cause it's like, if you have these critiques of this person, why are you saying like, why are you expecting them to change? This should be a red flag and a judgment of this person, as opposed to like wanting them to change for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's normal, a normal way that people feel, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it's just uh, a little hard for me to relate to. Maybe that just, like, kissing you- is so good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it seems, it seems like it's like an assessment of, of who this person is, you know? Yeah, it feels pretty defining to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always, I always feel like that's kind of weird. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I want the answer to be like, this isn't doing it for me. Best of luck. I hope this is... The assumption is that this person is not being fulfilled with their rolling stone-ness. Right. And uh, with probably, their, like... The other person's probably not very filled either. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> well, at least in the context of this relationship, I should say. Right. I don't know. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Even a bunch of rocks. <laughs> uh, I think this song has a cool chord progression. It's... Uh, a chord progression of non-diatonic chords. Mm. And now what does that uh, they're mean? all major chords. The, what, what does diatonic mean? What does non-diatonic mean, I guess, in this context? Okay. Well, in give, order give us to say what non-diatonic means. Give us a little bit of that music theory corner. Just a little. Here just, comes, I need one more. Come over here in the corner with me. I need to have a chat with you, corner. dear listener. <laughs> corner me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, God. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're being a real subdominant right now. <laughs> Music theory puns that I don't really understand. But, oh, I might. But then I know that it's... I mostly get it on the level of that's a thing from music. Isn't that hilarious? Okay. So, diatonic means that 
the notes or chords in a song or in a section of music, in a piece of music, uh, are consistent. So, like, diatonic chords means that all the chords in a song are uh, in the scale of the key of the song. So, for instance, if you're in the key of D major, that you have seven uh, diatonic triads. You have D major, E minor, F sharp minor, G major, A major, B minor, and C diminished. Whoa! Off the top uh, of the dome. Uh, yeah, and so you have those chords because those chords all include the notes of the scale of D major. D, E, F sharp, G, A, B, C sharp, ending on D. Um, and uh, non-diatonic means you use chords that stray from the key that you're in. Use extra notes. So in this one, uh, I believe it's in D, actually. Hmm. It's in D major, mm-hmm. or it lands in D major. But um, there's this really cool chord progression in part of it that goes uh, F sharp major, which is a pretty dissonant chord in a D major chord. Uh, so it's F sharp, A sharp, and C sharp. The A sharp is the chord that's normally in the key of D major. The diatonic F sharp chord would be an F sharp minor, but this one's an F sharp major. Mm-hmm. And then it goes up to a G major, which is diatonic. And then it goes to a... C major chord, non-diatonic. Very uh, non-diatonic. Yeah, there's a... Uh, it's it's sort of a Mixolydian borrowed chord, mm-hmm. borrowed from a Mixolydian scale. And uh, because normally it would be C-sharp, it'd be like a C-sharp diminished, or mm-hmm. maybe uh, an A with C-sharp diminished, C which sharp. would make an A dominant seven run. chord. C, yeah. sit. C, sit. <laughs> Thank you for making this a little more palatable. <laughs> and then uh, and then it finally goes to the one. Um, so it uses two borrowed chords. Well, I don't know what the F-sharp major would be borrowing from. Um, it's just... Uh, the key of C? Borrowing from some other key. <laughs> or not, that would be F-major, not F-sharp major. Uh, yeah, yeah F-sharp major is super not in the key of C. It's the most not in the key of C <laughs> chord, arguably. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oops. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's borrowing from the key of F sharp major. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, will you play that sound sample and I'll I'll point them out. Yeah. So it's a major three to a major four to a, a major flat seven, uh, and then to a major one. There's the three F sharp major. There's the four a G major, C, and D. Is that down, down, down? Is any of that ever, ever heard in like reggae or ska music? Like, do, does uh, does that chord progression remind you at all of uh, reggae or ska? I think that uh, I think that flat sevens going to a one is pretty common in many different genres. Mm-hmm. A uh, a major three chord going to a a major four chord is a little less common. Uh, and I, I don't think that is particularly common in ska, in ska or reggae music. Okay. Based on my limited exposure. Gotcha. We've done one. 
I mean, you've, you've season heard one reggae all season. of Bob Marley. So I'm, if <laughs> well, anyone so. knows, it would be you. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think it's common. And usually, when you hear a uh, a major three chord, it's going to be acting as a dominant function to a minor six or maybe even a major six chord. Um, so it's like a five of six. Um, it's sort of a temporary key change. That's what's normal. And it's kind of doing that here, uh, because a four chord and a six chord aren't that different. And now I'm just, uh, trying to come to terms with the fact that I'm still very much in debt for my music theory degree and I'm not doing anyone any, (laughs) I'm not really teaching anyone anything. I'm just spinning my wheels. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, where else you hear this? This chord progression hmm? in the tune L and N rag. Oh, little uh, fiddle tune in the key of C. Yeah. It has this iconic E major chord, a major three. It goes, and then it goes, so it goes to the four right afterwards. Um, uh, so it is precedented. Let's uh, but, uh, let's use the powers that we have, and I'll pull it up on the Spurtifer. Is it okay? Yes. I've got the Molsky version pulled up. Is that all right? Let's listen to Molsky. I, we've never introduced Molsky to think of. We should do a Molsky season. Whoa. He's got a lot of albums. <laughs> he does have a lot of albums. <laughs> and a lot of them don't have a lot of lyrics. <laughs> uh, this is his version with Bob Carlin from 2004. Oh, great. Yeah. I'll point out the three. There's a circle of fifths run in there. So that's more typical. It's so crooked. Four, three, four, one, six, uh, six, two, five, one. <laughs> That's a lot of chords. Here's that three again, right here. Are there so other good. people that you know of in old time music uh, who get into some of the the gutty works mechanics of like the music theory the same way that you do or can? Oh, um, I would say that music theory, Western music theory, applies differently to different traditions of old time music. You know, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're talking about harmonic theory, uh, like chord progression theory, um, it's a lot more useful when you're talking about like, like Southern string band music, like, uh, Georgian, like Georgia string band Mm -hmm. music, you know, or, um, anything that feels like proto jazz, a lot of Texas music as well. Mm -hmm. Anything that goes around that circle of fifths. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it gets a little less useful, ah. if, a little less prescriptive when you're talking about 
you know, d- different, more mountainy kind of sounds like anything from West Virginia mm-hmm. or, uh, or from you know, the Appalachian part mm-hmm. of, uh, of North Carolina. But if you go East enough, starts getting relevant again. You start hearing those, mm. those turnarounds actually in the episode that I just posted today, Ooh. today is Wednesday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. I did a great episode with Dwight Hawkins and we did a lot of like old blues, black string band, Ooh. pop music. Everyone should go check that out. It's a great episode. And, uh, Dwight pulls out a musical saw. No way. Takes a saw solo and it's pretty great. That's that's just showing off at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those things sound so yeah. unearthly and seem like they would be absolutely impossible to play. He calls it his acoustic theremin. That's a great that's a great description of it. Yeah. Um, so the idea is you take like a an old wobbly like handsaw with a long blade that like wobbles a lot and you bend it in specific ways in like an S curve. And you take a violin bow with rosin and you like pull it along the not pointy and uh, edge of the saw, the back of it. Uh, and the ways you bend it will make different pitches. It's it, it's it's a ludicrous instrument, and it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go go check that out. Um, yeah. Get up in the cool. I know we've Great only podcast. made it through three of these songs, but um, I kind of need to go to bed soon. You oh, probably do too. Yeah, we spent so long talking about uh, the Matrix Resurrections. Uh, I don't think I don't think I need to talk about love as the drug necessarily. Yeah, um, it's not super interesting lyrically. It might be fun just to listen to it and the original Roxy music version sure. of it. Yeah. yeah, so let's do that. That sounds very new wave to me, like that that rhythm guitar and the yeah yeah uh, the synths and stuff. Um, here's the original from Roxy Music from the mid seventies. This bass is great. Also, the bass very is cool. so like robotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so anti-funk. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a that's a cool uh, cool song. Both those versions of it are very cool. Um, speaking of cool songs, uh, here's one called "The Hunter Gets Captured by the Game." This is a song by Smokey Robinson. 
Um, the original came out, or the, the original version of it came out in 1966, I think. Yeah, 1966 um, was performed by the Marvelettes. Um, yeah, I think that was the original uh, performance of it. And the original's so goddamn good. I don't know if I had heard this uh, particular Motown song, or I didn't know it well enough to recognize Grace Jones' version of it anyway. But let's, let's listen to the original. Yeah. There's just no touch in that. That oh god, it's so good. Yeah, I have to say, I think the the Marvelettes version is better than yep. the Grace Jones. Version. Really good. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like a lot of Motown. So yeah, this is basically just about like a sexual predator, a uh, the pursuer, all of a sudden feeling low status after feeling high status like mm-hmm. their power is depleted once they uh once they're together with this person because uh w- what are the specific yeah then i looked up and i was in your arms and it seemed baby baby i got captured what a well-written song like it not only pulls off a narrative but an extended metaphor just like effortless uh-huh. effortlessly um, don't mess with the messer <laughs> don't mess with the messer <laughs> secretly i've been trailing you like a fox that preys on a rabbit that's like a sub metaphor or related metaphor i had to get to know you and so i knew i'd have to learn all your ways and all your habits oh the catch that i was after then i looked up and i was in your arms and seen baby baby i got captured what's this whole world coming to things just ain't the same anytime the hunter gets captured by the game uh that's really good writing pretty good yeah I like the the invoking of like what's this whole world coming the whole to? World. <laughs> that feeling of like this is every <laughs> the, everything's crashing down around us. Yeah, nature itself <laughs> is affected the by lion what just happened is to lying me. Lying down with the lamb. Ew. Dogs and cats. Pigs and together. bunnies. Dear God. Uh <laughs> Um, it has a very like abstract opening verse, which is kind of interesting. Every day brings change and the world puts on a new face. Certain things rearrange and the world seems like a new place. Um, hmm. It's very abstract. Um, yeah. There's a cool little hook in the song. You want to play that? Yeah. I don't know if that's in the Marvelettes version, but I think it's great. This is the most, like, reggae-ish part to me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, should we talk bullshit? Let's talk some bullshit, finally. Here we go. I want to down the wrong
fucking rules. It sounds like the cars or something. It's so great. It's got some cool cusses in it. It's got some great cusses. She says bullshit. And they don't even bleep it out. And assholes. (laughs) Whoa. Does my mom know I'm listening to this? I don't don't think I'm supposed to be listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) If I wander down the wrong road, it's all right, baby. Just let me go. If I get tired of all these assholes, it's all right because I want them to know. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Rough shit. Same shit. Hey, Jesus, come on down and save us. Save us. Rave on. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell exactly what's going on in this song. Something it's just all attitude, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's there's a yeah there's like a lot of like posturing lyrics um, that typically you'd hear a male rock star. Yep. Uh, who? But it'd have to be an edgy male rock star, I think, because mm-hmm. in 1980, I don't think uh, most people were swearing cusses uh, at all. Or maybe they'd like have one on an album. Oh well, they didn't know even what they were. Like they're like, I know what a bull is, but what is that a? It's like a German last name, like shit. Huh? I don't get it. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, edgy male rock star. But we get to hear Grace Jones sing it. Um, it was written by Barry Reynolds, who. I was thinking maybe this was going to be like a cover of something, but no. It seems like he wrote this for. Uh, for her to sing on this album. Hmm. Um, yeah, he is a British guitar player, songwriter, composer, and producer, best known for his long-lasting collaboration with Marianne Faithful. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and he joined Looks the like Compass. A bunch more Grace Jones. Yeah, and he he also joined the Compass Point All Stars. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's hanging out with Sly and Robbie and all them down there. Did some Joe Cocker stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Marianne Faithful. No idea who that is. I don't know her at all. I know that she is, and that's a person, and there, there's a name. And let's see, how popular is her most listened to song on Spurterfer? The Ballad Spurterfer. of Lucy Jordan has 25 million plays. Okay. 25.8. Pretty popular. <laughs> sounds like a bruce springsteen song and she kind of sings like does, bruce springsteen yeah. oh i'm on fire mm-hmm. um anyway yeah bullshit uh that i mean that's basically on the road i ride through richmond rich man you know the business i'm in and feeling sorry makes me feel mad someday uh baby i play to win i mean yeah this is just like i don't know um a lot of these me- songs aren't about something necessarily necessarily any higher context mm-hmm. or more specific than songs of her last albums but the delivery is so much better in these songs that it doesn't yes. really matter yes i agree and again like a song doesn't have to like 
have a big concept or necessarily yeah. even have like great lyrics like it can still just be a, a good song that has like essentially placeholder lyrics like that's fine i en- sure. enjoy those kinds of songs a lot also um breakdown you want to have a breakdown with me yes Something inside you is feeling like I do. We've said all there is to say. Break down, honey, go ahead and give it to me. Break down, honey, take me to the night. Break down, now I'm standing here, can't you see? This, to me, is probably the most reggae uh, that I thought the album was, or the most I yeah, picked I up on like, that reggae sound, especially in that chorus, like that that dropping of the beat that way. Um, this is a Tom Petty song. Um, oh, which I knew I had listened to Tom Petty some in like high school, but I I hadn't didn't really recognize it. I didn't. It's not one of his most famous ones. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's I don't know. It's it's like one of those. It's one of those songs that men like to write to women that are kind of like condescending. <laughs> I think we we saw a lot of these from Garth. Yep. Um, yeah, it's all right if you love me. It's all right if you don't, because I'm not afraid of you running away, honey. I get the feeling you won't. There's no sense in pretending. Your eyes give you away. Something inside you is feeling like I do. We've said all there is to say. Break down, honey. Go ahead and give it to me. Break down, honey. Take me tonight. Break down. I'm standing here. Can't you see? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It is, this is a, a story I'm sure that has happened. Um, and it's fine to write a song about. I just, it kind of rubs me the wrong way yeah. when the, the songwriter is taking such a like condescending viewpoint where they're like, yeah, I already know what you're going to do and what's going to happen. And I know what you're actually feeling. And I know it's like what I'm yeah. And it, I just, I don't it's I a think, very ma- it's a very masculine a toxically masculine sort of stance it's just like if someone's going to throw a fit if someone's gonna have <laughs> big feelings it's not gonna be me if someone's gonna get hysterical here yeah it's, it's all <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of the text of this song it's like you're the emotional one mm-hmm. um which again it's like that might be the dynamic mm-hmm. um but it's reinforcing sort of this, this pattern and it doesn't feel very self-aware and it's generally when men talk this way yes. <laughs> about women, it's mm-hmm. like, are you sure you're not upset? Are you sure you're sure about that? actually That's feeling why? stable? <laughs> are you sure about that? That's not why. <laughs> uh, it's also because the, the breakdown is an imperative. He's saying, come on, just have the breakdown already. Come on, give it to me. Like, yeah. And that's weird. I, I don't like that. Like, break down. Come on, do it. Uh, I don't like that. Um, let's listen to it's the better original. with Grace Jones singing it. it. I do like Grace Jones's singing better. I went back and took a sound step and I was like, I kind of hate how Tom Petty sings. Uh, so let's listen to it. Don't care for that. Mm-hmm. Me either. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Uh, and then she ends the album with a song in French, which um, I guess I didn't take a sound sample of the original. Um, but I also, I don't know. It's I don't know enough French to really engage with it. Um, yeah, I mean, we can listen to the Grace Me Jones. Me neither. Or, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know really what to do with it. put this in google translate do you want to see how it does i did too yeah 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 yeah. yeah. check it out so go and above all don't look back go Hmm. but what do you have go away whatever happens i'll always be with you so go and above all don't look back and the child he's with me he's here he's funny like your eyes he's like you impatient he has no fear. He loves life, and death does not scare him. Oh, go. Shut your mouth. But what do you have? Go. I love you always, always must. So go. Get out. It's going to go. What should you do? So go. It's fine. No problem. Go. But come back to me. So go. It's fine. No problem. Go. But come back. Do yeah. come back. <laughs> hmm. I mean... Well, this is kind of a sad song. Yeah. It is. Um. It's... It's somewhat similar to Breakdown, I guess, in like it's it's uh, the way it's engaging with the thought of somebody leaving. But I yeah. like its viewpoint better. Uh, it feels yeah. like <laughs> if you're going to be a man, it's better to have <laughs> this viewpoint than the one in Breakdown. Sure. Uh, yeah. I like I like the stuff about the child. The child, he is with me. He's here. He's funny like your eyes, which is in the original French. Il est drôle comme tes yeux. Um, I'm looking at the the writer of this song, Jacques Higlin. Uh, I think it might be not a man. It's a little hard to tell just from this one picture. Jacques is a very masculine name in French. Yeah, but this person has sort of an androgynous look about them. Uh, Wikipedia is using he, him pronouns. Oh, I'm looking at older pictures. Okay. All right. Oh, Fair he was, by the middle of the 70s, he had become one of France's most successful pop musicians. Interesting. This It's just this one picture in the genius looks like... He's just so cleanly shaven, and he has this sort of femme haircut. Um, oh. That looks dyed. Yes. He, he, I see what you mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of looks like a cool grandma. He kind of does. Kind of in the way that, like, Paul McCartney does. Yes. Yes. That's a great uh, Which great comparison. Which is a great look. He looks great. This mm-hmm. is no shade at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, this is, like, your cool grandma that would, like, take you to the art museum and, like, wear, like, a shawl with something, like, freaky printed on it. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a puff of her cigarette. <laughs> And turn you into that weird art kid I was talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this is this is great. I'm I'm loving this direction that Grace mm-hmm. Jones is going in. I'm excited to hear more. I hope that in the future albums we'll get more originals. I mm-hmm. think that happened in the first album. It was like mostly 
show tunes and shit. And then mm-hmm. we heard a lot more original Grace Jones. Mm-hmm. And I hope that she, what happened here was just that she's like, okay, new genre, fine. I don't know how to write in this new genre. Let me just do some practice runs on some yeah. on some covers. Oh, and I, I hope I also, what we get is some more originals. Yes, I agree. I also, the thought occurred to me listening to this very last song. I was like, oh, this is the one that sounds the most like her previous three albums to me. Um, yeah. yeah, sure. But yes, I agree. I hope there is more original stuff and I'm interested to see where she goes from here. All right. Well, I think we should get going because I have to pee and go to bed and potentially in that order, hopefully. Um, (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with Grace Jones's next album. It's called Nightclubbing. Yes, it is. Um, Until that time, you can visit us online at boxit.website. Email us at email at boxit.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. You can support us in a couple ways. You can do the whole review thing. It'd be great if you could share the show with people. Uh, have them check out Grace Jones with us. Or go through our extensive back catalog and check out our very sincere engagements and trying to take seriously on an artistic level such artists as Garf Brooks, Insane Clown Posse, uh, Smash Mouth even. Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. ABBA. ABBA. Yeah. Bob Marley, as we talked about. Um, And if you want to support us even more directly, which we alluded to earlier, you can go to our uh, Patreon at support.box.website, kick us a few bucks, you'll get access to our mini-show. This time, it was almost an hour talking about the latest Matrix movie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, other thing you you can do, and should do, is join the Discord. The link will be in the show notes. And uh, finally, listen to Cameron's other podcast. It's called Get Up in the Cool. Uh, some cool stuff happening on there. Get up in it. The cool Get stuff. Get all up in it. <laughs> Alright. Until that time, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I get tired of all these assholes. <laughs> and I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm an Omicron male. That's <laughs> for certain. <laughs> One fun thing about having longer hair is just like running your hands through it, and then all of a sudden you just have a handful of loose hair that you pulled out of your own head on accident. Fun! <laughs> yeah. <laughs>